Hi, it's Dr. Sandy Laura Kramers. Thank you for joining us for the EYE Show, our podcast of visionary eye doctors trying to help patients understand their eye health and things in general. Today, we're gonna do part two of my two recent favorite books that I've talked about in part one. Uh, the first one was called The Upward Spiral. Hopefully you got a chance to listen to that podcast about this very interesting book by Alex Kaur, PhD, who is a neuroscientist at the Department of Psychiatry at the University of California, Los Angeles. It's been a very helpful book to understand the neurotransmitters, the neuroscience behind chronic pain, depression, anxiety, um, addiction in general, which has been very helpful because it makes you realize how addiction happens in the brain, how does chronic pain, centralized chronic pain happen in the brain, how certain pathways in your brain start to become kind of uh, set in stone in a way. And it's very difficult sometimes to get that pathway, whether it's an addiction to carbohydrates, uh, speeding, porn, uh, uh, cocaine, uh, whatever the addiction is, how do you change your brain to get out of that? And there are ways to do it. It's very interesting that he was able to make a really good case on why therapy and antidepressants help with even addiction and chronic pain. I thought that very fascinating. That for me was the biggest take home point is that some patients do need, or even all of us sometimes do need some extra things to kind of change the brain pathway. And as I was reading about it, I mentioned in my first uh, part one, is I was reading at the same time this other book that another friend told me to read called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. I know many of my patients are not, uh, you know, kind of uh, don't believe in God or don't have that particular faith base, but I do think it's worth reading. And I want to explain why. So if you'll give me a chance to make my case for this. Um, so I think when I talk to patients in general, we obviously don't go into religion. Uh, we, we sometimes do, uh, but not always. Uh, obviously, I'm a surgeon. I'm trying to get rid of the pain and the, the vision loss or the issue that you're having. But there is a whole component that we don't see. And I think it's very beautiful to think about that. I remember a patient, a friend, a friend of mine telling me once that when he became Catholic, he felt like the whole world, like that he was living in a black and white world and somebody turned on the color. And I thought that a beautiful analogy because we can go through our day in a black and white world, the misery, the, you know, just the drudgery of life or whatever you're, you're going through, of whether it's eye pain or, or physical pain, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, um, to, and we all are there. I'm not at all like an expert in, um, in, in, in heaven per se, but I think if you think about love, and I think we can all agree that love does exist. Love is something that you can't put in a bottle, you can't write a formula for love, you can't make somebody love you, you can't you know, make yourself love somebody. There's something about love that we just don't understand fully and it's hard to quantify. And we always describe in the Christian faith as God is love and as a loving father. And it's a very um, kind of interesting idea that there is this greater being that does love us and is really truly love. And so I want to just mention that because it does, when we have patients that have no hope, um, I had a patient recently called from very far away, uh, kind of a computer scientist working on the screen 14 hours a day, um, having a really terrible time with, with his relationship, uh, with his family life, and he can't leave his house except to do his work he feels no hope. How do you get out of that? How do you get out of that if it's just what you see? If it's just what you see and you're having chronic pain, 
there, it, it, I can understand how people would want to do harm to themselves because it's very difficult to understand there's a greater purpose to life and there's something more out there. And, you know, all of us, I think, that have that are listening to this podcast have had our down times. I know I have. And so how do you get out of those down times? And, and you know, it's not an easy situation. But I think reading these two books together, The Upward Spiral and This Jesus and The Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, was quite interesting because the answer is not just neurochemicals in your brain. You are not just a puppet or a robot that can be manipulated by somebody saying, oh, you look so beautiful today or, you know, oh, you are so good at this. And then your dopamine increases and then you start becoming you know, uh, let's say, uh, in love with yourself or in love with that other person, you have a potential to make a choice to think about what else is out there. And so I think that this book, the this book was very helpful, the, the Jesus and the, and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, to remind us that there is something greater than ourselves. There has been this power, this person, this whatever you want to call this being, I call it God and I call it also Jesus Christ, that has been there since time immemorial and looking at the Jewish history has been quite interesting about what you what they believed manna was when they were in the desert escaping the uh, the Egyptians what manna was and how is that heavenly bread available today so I highly recommend you all to read this book it is so beautiful the punchline for me and I'll just kind of lay it out there because I know many of you are busy is that the upward spiral, it really has to do with the physical component of the neurotransmitters, like I mentioned. Um, but if you think of just that's all there is, it's actually kind of depressing. So you think about, well, if we're all just a bunch of neurotransmitters, what's the point of life? The other book um, is kind of describing there's more to life. You know, that we're not just neurotransmitters. And furthermore, if you believe there is a God and there's a loving God, like the best father you could have ever had. Some of us have not had the best fathers in the world or best fatherly examples, but there is that this love out there that really loves you for who you are, will love you forever, will never abandon you. How, wouldn't you want to like say hi to that love and be part of that love every day? Wouldn't you out of justice want to just say thank you? And so for me personally, I do sometimes tell my own story on this. I'm going to do this now, so please forgive me. Um, but, you know, I think for me when I was in Boston, um, I kind of made this decision. I was going to try to go to Mass every day. And I kind of, uh, you know, over Lent thought it'd be a good idea. And I think I've told this before on this podcast, but uh, it was a big decision for me because I was so busy. And so when I went to Mass and received the Eucharist, which Catholics believe is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ himself, which is quite a big uh, leap of faith, um, you know, I saw the benefits of that immediately. Like St. Thomas, I kind of felt like I was really touching the wounds of Jesus and saying, oh my gosh, this is really God. And and trying to have that transform my life was kind of huge for me because, you know, I'm a scientist. I like to believe in real physical things, but to think that there is a power of love that is all knowing, all loving and able to do whatever that being wants to do, whether it's Jesus Christ and he heals a leopard or he can walk on water. If I were Jesus Christ, let's say, and I loved my children so much that I wanted to leave a piece of me that they could be with me and I could help them, I would do that. I would leave part of myself if I could, a living part of myself that would help them daily. Absolutely. I love my kids so much, I would do that in a second. And if I believe that Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Trinity exist and Jesus Christ can do that, leave part of himself in the Eucharist, 
then why wouldn't I not go every day to say thank you? So people have asked me so many times, well, how do you have six children? How do you have the surgical practice? How do you keep it all up? And I said, I just do what is in the Bible. Whatever you give to God, he will give back to you at least sevenfold. And so the time I spend in daily mass, and I'm not a perfect person by any means, a lot of you know that already, especially my family and my friends, um, it's something that I want my patients to know as well. You know, it's, it's, you know, we're trying to do the best we can, all of us. I, I want you to have that love that, that will help carry you through your difficult times as well, because we all are gonna have difficult times. There is suffering in the world. There is difficulty uh, daily sometimes for many of us. And so having that idea that my suffering is actually for a purpose, I can use it for my family, for we believe for the souls in purgatory. I can be a cheerful, person and embrace the cross and it's not easy not everybody's there I know I have my days where I'm totally not there but I want everybody that's listening to the podcast to know that there is something greater than yourself that your suffering and your pain is not for nothing whether it's your eye or something else uh, or emotional or whatever you can use it for good and so please don't let that suffering go to waste I have a friend a dear friend who was walking with another dear friend, and I heard this from the second dear friend, um, they were walking past the hospital, I think praying the rosary together, just talking and praying, and the first friend said to the second friend, you know, that see that hospital? And uh, the other friend said, um, John said, yeah, what about it? And then my friend Dwight said, there's a lot of wasted suffering in that hospital. And my friend John's like, hmm, okay. Didn't really understand what that meant until many years later. But the idea being that we're all gonna be there where we're in the emergency room, you know, living with someone that we're taking care of at the end of their life, or we're about to die, or we're in our last days, or whatever it may be. And just try to remember to, to think of, okay, you know what, Lord, I don't know much about you. I don't know even if you exist. If you exist, please make yourself known to me and show me how to use what I'm going through for your greater glory and to help me and my family and everybody around me, my territory of souls get into heaven. So I want you all to think about that. And if at the very least, pray for Dr. Kramers because I do need prayers for sure. So this book, Jesus and the Jewish Roots, goes through the Old Testament and goes through the manna, the life-saving food that God gave the uh, Jewish people as they were pretty much exiled uh, out of Egypt into the um, and into exile, basically the manna. And manna was considered heavenly bread. And it went away when they got into the promised land of, of, of Israel, but they were promised that the heavenly bread would come back. And the thing that struck me the most about this book, and I think I'm almost completely done, is that the manna, when they were in the Holy Land, essentially at Jerusalem, they would put it in the Holy of Holies, which is kind of like a tabernacle. And every year people would come from everywhere and they would raise the Holy of Holies, the, actually the manna in the Holy, they would take the manna out of this tabernacle area. I think they had the staff of Aaron there and I think they had some 10 commandment pieces in that Holy of Holies, but they would take the manna out and they would lift it up in front of thousands of people and say, behold the face of God. I think that's what they would say and I'll recheck this, but read the book. Uh, behold the face of God who loves you. Uh, something to that extent. And so they would, you know, bow down and worship to this idea of kind of God loves us and, you know, God is with us and he showed us he was with us through the manna, the heavenly bread. And so when Jesus at the Last Supper said, this is my body, this is my blood, he gave, he passed bread, he broke bread. He didn't break meat, uh, which is obviously a very important uh, protein at that time, important food at that time. He broke bread 
and he said this is my body which will be given up for you so the same idea so when we go to mass or we adore the eucharist we believe that that is the face of god and that is so shocking because uh, i know for me i've been a catholic all my life and this is the first time in this book i really kind of that just punched me like whoa this is crazy of course i've always believed well not always but since medical school um after reading a book by scott hahn called rome sweet home which i highly recommend um after reading that book i started realizing okay there's more to life than just medical school and, and studying and studying like a crazy person uh and then just trying to kind of think about well what is the point of life and how do i get to that you know be one with that love with one with god and what does that mean um and so this is a really great book so i highly recommend you read these two books these are great this is on audible i don't think this one is yet um but they're really interesting and then pass it on to friends and family and if you have any comments please let me know and thank you again for listening to this podcast have a good day